And happy Wednesday. It is June the 22nd. Thank you very much for listening. And we're continuing our journey through Psalms on this, the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. And we're in Psalm 15. We're in the 15th chapter of the book of Psalms. So if you have your Bible, we'll be looking at all five verses today at what is really a great passage. And so Psalm 15, verse number one, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. This is a lovely passage that some think was sung by the Jews as they journeyed to Jerusalem up the mountain of the Lord to offer sacrifice and worship at the tabernacle. They were getting themselves ready for fellowship with God, to be in the presence of God. Now, the reason it was written originally was probably in celebration of the Ark of the Covenant returning to the tabernacle at Jerusalem. David wrote this psalm. And the mercy seat was upon the Ark of the Covenant, and it represented the presence of the Lord. I'm going to take you over to 1 Samuel 4. I've got a couple of places I'm going to read to you in the Bible today, but 1 Samuel 4, I'm flipping over in my Bible here to verse number 12. It describes when the Ark of the Covenant departed from Israel, when the presence of the Lord left, and it was tragic. Verse number 12 of 1 Samuel 4 And there ran a man of Benjamin out of the army and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes rent and with earth upon his head. He ran from the battle. And when he came, lo, Eli, who was the the high priest, and he was a wicked man because he didn't restrain his kids, sat upon a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. And when Eli heard the noise of the crying, he said, What meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in hastily and told Eli. Now Eli was ninety and eight years old, and his eyes were dim that he could not see. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there hath been also a great slaughter among the people, and thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God is taken." And it came to pass when he made mention of the ark of God that he fell from off the seat backward by the side of the gate and his neck brake and he died for he was an old man and heavy and he had judged Israel 40 years and his daughter-in-law Phineas's wife was with child near to be delivered and when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken now uh, remember the ark of God or the ark of the covenant same thing represented the presence of God. That's why it was important. It represented the presence of the Lord. When she heard the ark of God was taken, again in verse 19, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, 
saying, The glory is departed from Israel, because the ark of God was taken, and because her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. And that's what they were dealing with between when the ark of God was gone and when it returned and gave occasion for writing Psalm 15, they were dealing with the absence of that presence of God. And can I just say, you know when the presence of God is gone and you know when it returns. What sorrow when the presence of God is gone and what joy when it returns. And when you get revival and you get some things right with God and restore that sweet fellowship with God that perhaps you'd lost because of your sin, no matter what that repentance cost you, you have joy flood your soul because the presence of God has returned. Yesterday and Monday, we looked at Psalm 14, which describes the corruption of mankind. But today in Psalm 15, we see the description of the spiritual man. Now, when we approach God, we are to do so on his terms. When we come into the presence of God, there are some things that God looks for. Now, we are told to come to the throne of grace. In fact, we're told to come boldly. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Can you just pause for a moment? I mentioned a little bit about prayer yesterday, but just think about this. What a privilege, what an honor as God's child to throw open the doors to the throne room and run in to speak with our heavenly father with full and open access anytime, day or night to experience the presence of God. What a privilege. But what is our responsibility as Christians to enjoy fellowship with God? When you look back on your life, you might notice some highs and lows in your spiritual journey, times when you were very close to God, times when you were not. Now, those highs and lows, they're not because God moved, okay? We get to decide how close our relationship with God is. What encourages me about the great men and women of God in the past that made such a difference for the Lord is that they had the same God, the same Jesus the same Holy Spirit, the same number of hours in the day, and in many cases, an even more wicked culture than the day in which we live. But, but God was able to use them because they surrendered themselves to God. And I want to have good fellowship with God. Now, what is described in Psalm 15 is how to secure a, a good, sweet fellowship with God. Now, it's not how to secure a relationship with God. We know that we don't get saved or, or uh, spark that relationship or enter into that relationship of adoption by any works. That's only through the blood of Jesus Christ, only. Uh, there's, there's a difference between a relationship and fellowship. For example, we just celebrated Father's Day on Sunday. And maybe you have a grown child who isn't doing exactly what you hoped he might do in life. And for whatever reason, that father-child relationship is strained. But at no point can a father stop being the father biologically. That relationship is unbroken. But because of the decisions of the son, that relationship might not enjoy sweet fellowship. Now, that fellowship can be restored, but that's what I'm talking about. You 
have a father, but for whatever reason, there's something between you. So that fellowship that you getting along with, going the same direction, enjoying each other's company, it's strained. And you ought to long for sweet, unrestricted, uninhibited fellowship with God. Psalm 42, one and two says, as the heart or the deer, it's H-A-R-T, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You ought to do everything you can to strengthen that fellowship you have with God and to remove anything that would hinder it because it is so worthwhile. So here is how to enjoy consistent fellowship and growing fellowship with God. Look again at verse one, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Verse two, he that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. First, to enjoy fellowship with God, you must be saved. You must be saved. I touched on that a little bit with relationship, but how do you enter into a relationship with God? It is only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and faith in that perfect sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a son of God. It's putting your faith in what the Lord did for you plus nothing. And from that faith, you can become a son or a daughter of God. You can become a child of God. And then you can begin to have fellowship with God. You can't have fellowship with God until you first have relationship with God. Of course, of course. Again, verse two, it says, speaketh the truth in his heart. Now, what is the truth? The truth fundamentally is this. It's God's word. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It means you have believed and accepted in your heart the word of God. I want to ask you today as I end for today, and we'll have to complete the rest of it tomorrow. Man, time flies, doesn't it? Uh, Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, Are you saved? That fellowship with God is so precious. It's so worthwhile. It's worth anything and everything to get there and stay there and grow in that fellowship. But you'll never have fellowship with God. You'll never experience the fruit of the spirit. You'll never have real love or joy or peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You'll never have any of it unless you first enter into a relationship with God and that's by faith. When did your life change? Can you take yourself to a time in your memory when you took the faith away from you and your works or whatever, and you put it only in Jesus Christ, you knew that you were a sinner, that nothing you could do could save you. And you said, Lord, I know that Jesus died on the cross for me and rose again to pay for my sins. And the best that I know how I'm trusting in that and that alone to take me to heaven. Please take me to heaven when I die. And at that moment, you enter into a relationship with God. Friend, are you saved? If not, be saved today. Tomorrow, we will look at how as a Christian, we can maintain and grow in that fellowship with God. It's been good spending time with you. I will talk to you tomorrow. God bless you.